Hello and welcome to another unexciting episode of the Hashtag Pistons podcast. I'm Joe, I'm still your host. Tonight I'm joined, as usual, by Piston Powered's Kuka Hill. You can find him on Twitter, at Kuka Hill NBA. You can read him at Piston Powered, where he is site editor, site expert at Piston Powered, and also occasionally on my site, truckthoughts.com. I'm Joe. You can find me on Twitter at Joe underscore truck. Read me on Piston Powered, Palace of Pistons, my own site, Truck Thoughts, and of course, hashtag basketball. So, we're recording this fresh off the the game here. Pistons lose to the... (laughs) Pistons lose to the Charlotte Hornets. 107-108 in heartbreaking and also fairly bizarre fashion. Um, Blake Griffin puts up 26 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. Reggie Jackson had 18 points. Andre Drummond 14-13 with 6 blocks. For the Hornets, Kemba Walker 31 points, not that efficiently either. Um, Tony Parker had 16 off the bench. And uh, perhaps most importantly, Jeremy Lamb with a very important 13, including what would end up being the game winner almost as time expired. Uh, the Pistons fall to 13-13. and 13. That's their sixth, I believe, straight loss. Uh, yeah, so, cool. We'll let you, we'll let you start us off here. Um, <laughs> just sort of general thoughts on, on the loss. Well, uh, this one hurts. It wasn't a, a fun, a fun game. Um, the Pistons, I believe, went like on a five, what was it, five minute and 50 second scoring drought in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's not very pretty. And then uh, to mention the fact that uh, Blake then misses two free throws when he has a chance to give us the lead with like 23 seconds left. And it, it was just, it was a special, it was a special type of loss. Um, Jeremy Land hit a a, cra- uh, a pretty good shot. I mean, it was good defense by Stanley. He had a hand up, just a better shot. And then I'm sure we're going to talk a little bit about the little craziness or the little confusion that happened at the end with the whole too many people on the court or whatever happened there. But yeah, it was a wasn't a, a pretty loss. Not that any loss is pretty, but that one was especially bad. <laughs> that all you got on it just. Just, I mean, uh, uh, you can tell how devastated we are by this, man. We're not even. No, this. We're not even fired up this, about the loss. We're just like, man. <laughs> I mean, there was there were some things that I guess we could get fired up about, but just the way we lost with because like if you just watch the game, Blake Griffin misses two free throws after said free throw struggler Andre Drummond gets an and one makes the free throw to tie the game, and then Blake goes and misses two. We're down by one. Blake misses two. Not he didn't just miss one, and then tie the game. He missed both of them. So like, I don't want to pin it all on Blake, but hey, I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, and look, it's important to remember Blake Griffin was overall for the night phenomenal. I mean, twenty six points on nine of sixteen shooting. He went three of six from deep. Seven assists against just two turnovers. Like he played a excellent game but yeah that's 
that's rough, man, to miss two free throws when you go to the line down by one at the end of a game and you miss them both. That's that's rough, man. <laughs> there's, that's really rough. <laughs> there's no other way to put it. Um, you know, the good news for the Pistons in this, and look, it's at the point where, so they're now at 13-13, so they're at 500. Um and the law, the losing streak is at six, so it's at the point that you really you can't take moral victories from it, right? It's like somehow or another you've got to win your next game now, which isn't going to yeah. be easy because Boston is playing really well. But on the plus side, the Pistons as a team actually did a pretty good job against Kemba Walker. He scored thirty-one points, but he took. Um, he took 31 shot attempts and shot equivalents to get to it. He was 8 of 25 from the field and then 11 of 13 from the free throw line. Uh, he did have 9 assists, so obviously still a really good game for Walker. But they didn't get totally torn up by him. Uh, at the start and end of the game, he did really well. But through a lot of the game, they did a pretty good job as a team defending him. And beyond him, it's not like there's anyone else on the... Hornets, who really stood out as having a particularly great game. Um, Tony Parker was good. He scored 16 points on, what's that, 13 shot equivalents. But that's not, you know, that's not totally out of this world. I think he's averaging like 10 or 11 points per game. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that's the that's the best thing you could take away from this for the Pistons is that, you know, they were right there. Quite frankly, they probably should have won it, and they just blew it. And that's one of the reasons why we're both kind of here, like, we're not even fired up about the loss. We're just kind of like, yeah, this this sucks. <laughs> because yeah. that's really, that's kind of all you can say about it. Because it's like, it's a game you should have won, but when that happens to be your sixth straight loss, then you don't, don't it's harder to just go, well, you know, sometimes you lose close games and that's how it is and you move on. When it's your sixth straight loss, it just, whew, it's it's tough, for sure. And uh, uh, Koo, you're trying to talk, but you're not coming through. But <laughs> so I'll I'll say something. I'll keep talking. You try and get yourself figured out there a sec. <laughs> um, I guess something we could touch on, or at least I'll touch on because we talked about it on the. Oh, I think we got some life. You there now, Koo? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. I, I also hear myself say, echoing through you. What's up? I also hear myself echoing. Go ahead, Joe. I'll be back. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> We're just going to leave it in. I'm not going to. I'm too sad to edit it out. But just because we talked about it last night. Um, so we talked about Reggie Jackson and his role in the offense. So in this game, he actually had a pretty effective game, 18 points on uh, on 16 shot equivalents. That's pretty decent. He took 15 shot attempts in the game. 11 of them were from beyond the arc. He only took, he went 4 of 2 from inside the arc. And it's just like, you know, that's the shooting split of a guy who's a spot-up shooter. That's not for your point guard who's really good in the pick and roll. And, I mean, it just, (laughs) 
he's not giving you good value that way. He hit enough threes on this night in particular that it kind of worked out, I suppose. But long term, that's just that's just not a that ain't it, you know. And it it's just something that it just it just continues to stand out to me. And it's just funny because we talked about last night, and then he comes out in this game and 4 of 11 from the field. And, you know, 4 of 11 from 3. He takes 11 three-pointers. I mean, there's really... there's I'm not sure there's any universe in which I want Reggie Jackson taking 11 three-pointers in a game. He's just he's not a good enough shooter for that. And it kind of ties around into, into the the wider thing that we've talked about quite a bit, or at least I have, which is that, you know, Dwayne Casey keeps saying, well, we're getting open threes, we're getting open threes. You're not getting open threes for the right guys. So you don't get to say, well, we're getting good shots because Reggie Jackson and Stanley Johnson are two of your main three-point shooters, and neither of those guys are good three-point shooters. So you can't say, well, they're good shots when you're getting open shots for bad guys, for bad shooters. Like, that's... (laughs) That's not how it works. So it just, I don't know, it, it's going to continue to be a frustrating thing to me. Uh, but at the very least, he hit a few of them tonight. Looks like Koo is back in business, so you could say whatever it is you were trying to say earlier. Uh, yeah, I was just going to say that uh, the loss especially hurts because, you know, I wrote I wrote something for Piston Power recently talking about the Pistons have been missing out on opportunities. And, like, we talked about it a little bit in the last podcast that, you know, we lost to the Bucks without Chris Mills, and we lost to the 76ers without Joel Embiid. We lost to the um, the Pelicans with Anthony Davis barely even there. I mean, it's just like those kind of win. Those are the kind of games you need to win, and then especially, and then the other 76ers game we played, we blew a 15 point lead, and then this game, you're up by 11 in the fourth quarter. You go on a five, almost a, a whole six minute scoring drought. You miss free throws to give yourself the lead at the end. And it's just like, and the ball, everything just got stagnant at the end, turned the ball over multiple times in a row. I'm sure there's a couple of things that we're going to talk about with coaching decisions and and some things that Dwayne Casey did that at least I'm going to bring up that I didn't think were very smart at all. But, like, these are the kind of games that you just have to win. And the fact that the Pistons are just losing so many of them back to back to back to back, it's, it's really hurting them. And Dwayne Casey mentioned this after this game in the post-game interview that uh, the East is going to be nip and tug all year. And with every game counts, everyone is needed right now in the East. And the way the Pistons are losing these games, I'm worried that it's going to come back to hurt them and they need to snap out of this fast. Also, it's not going to help with this quote-unquote fan base that they were talking about trying to build. So, I mean, it's just all around bad right now. Yeah, I mean, I definitely hear you with the... The fan base thing, because it's funny, because after that Warriors win, you could sort of feel, oh, there's a little bit of buzz building up around the team, and then they promptly go on a six-game losing streak, which that doesn't help anything there. But, I mean, with Dwayne Casey and some coaching things, first off is that, you know, the offense getting too stagnant and dying at the end of the game, that's the the most predictable thing ever. Um, Dwayne Casey's team's been doing that for a long time. That shouldn't shock anybody. Um, the most egregious thing to me is that um, Luke Kennard didn't play down the stretch of this game. They put him in for the one possession towards the very end. 
Uh, but I'm why is Luke Kennard not in the game? Like Langston Galloway played 28 minutes, Bruce Brown played 31, and Luke Kennard played 25. I just and Jose Calderon played 21 minutes. How can you justify Kennard almost playing as few minutes as Jose Calderon and playing Langston Galloway and Bruce Brown more minutes than him? I mean, I know he started off pretty poorly. He started off 0 for 5 from the field in this game. Uh, ended up with 6 points and 8 shots. But it's just, it's one of those things that's like, why would you not, <laughs> why are you not playing him more? I just, I don't get it. Kennard uh, was still, once again, Kennard was a positive on the night. He was one of only, he was plus 2 on the night. Reggie Jackson was the only other starter at plus 3. Um, so it just, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me why they didn't play him more. Um, and then another thing, I guess, kind of connected with that. So Bruce Brown started the game, but he didn't start the game guarding Kemba Walker, like the whole first quarter, which is like, why is he in the game if you're not going to have him guard Kemba Walker? Like, Bruce Brown's not in the game to guard Jeremy Lamb. Although maybe he maybe he should have been. Although was he the who was even guarding Jeremy Land on and that last possession? I don't even Stanley. know. It was Stanley. Yeah, that was an absurd shot. I'm so angry about yeah, it. Yeah, it was a good shot. I'm angry about it. But yeah, so it's like yeah, why are you too. why are you starting Bruce Brown and having Reggie Jackson defend Kemba Walker at the start of the game? Like that's one that just. It just, that just doesn't make a whole lot of Mind sense you, to me. The same Reddy Jackson, which I was like getting at Joe about in, the, in our little group chat. The same Reddy Jackson that was, if he, if he was getting, he was having a hard time staying in front of Tony Parker. So having him start off, not even the fact that just Bruce Brown's in there, who you would probably want on Kemba if you're going to start him then. Then you just have Reddy Jackson who can't even handle Tony Parker at 36 years old. What makes you think he's going to do anything with Kemba? And Kemba early on, even though his, like Joe said, even though he shot, what was it, 8 of 25? Yeah. He was controlling everything early on. Like, he was just, he was getting everywhere he wanted. He was just showing off his ball handling. He threw a couple no-look passes trying to pull off his greatest Patrick Mahomes impression. He was just, like, controlling the whole game. So while his shots weren't falling in the beginning, he was still, like, just impacting the whole game. So, like, yeah, go ahead. I mean, <laughs> you say go ahead like I've got something else to say. This game just makes me so sad. I honestly, I came close to just saying screw it and not even doing this tonight. But I'm really trying to, like, fight through because I'm still feeling pretty under the weather. But I'm trying to fight through it and not be lazy anymore and not put up podcasts. So, I mean, it's a bad loss. That's really what it comes down to. They should have won this game and they blew it. Uh, I just... The main Dwayne Casey thing is why are you not playing Luke Kennard more minutes? And then, I mean, it's a dead horse, but I don't know why you don't let Reggie Jackson try and do more stuff. Now, Jackson did have one possession at the end of this game that was, like, terrible. Oh, my God. Um, In his defense, he got the ball with only, like, what, seven seconds left on the shot clock? So yeah. it was probably going to be a heave of some sort one way or another, but, like, he didn't even dribble. Like, he caught the ball, and he just stood there. He pointed oh a few God. times and then tossed up a horrible three. Like, I don't I don't know if he thought the shot clock had more time or no, what man. the deal no, was. Listen, I just – it was <laughs> – 
It was awful. You guys have to see that. You guys have to check out that possession. That man, he caught the ball for real and just stood there. No, <laughs> no jab steps, no no. I legitimately no I was sitting watch I watch I, I watch these games usually pretty much totally on my own. Like I don't sit with a group of people and watch them or anything. I was sitting there cussing loudly at my own TV <laughs> with no one else there. Just I was so upset by that. It was like and I love Reggie Jackson. And it's like, bro, what are you freaking doing, you bonehead? Like, <laughs> what part of you thought this was the answer here? What part of you <laughs> caught the ball? It was like, you know what my best option is here? How about I stand here, point a couple of times, let Blake Griffin come over to set a screen for me, and still, still not dribble, <laughs> And then, like, it wasn't even like he was open enough to take a proper three. Like, he was, like, falling oh, he, over and yeah, he heaved was, he it up. With actual form. Like, he, if he it was one of those... Yeah, like, if it was one of those things where it's like, the defense is playing a couple p- steps off of him, and the clock's winding down, he's just like, you know what, screw it, I'm going to have to take a tough shot anyways. It's kind of far, but I'm open, so I'm just going to shoot it from here. Then that's like, okay, whatever, not great. But once again, he got the ball, like, there are only, like, eight seconds left on the shot clock when he got it, so... He was going to have to try and do something tough one way or another. But, like, <laughs> how did you think that was the freaking answer, Reggie? Oh, my word, man. And then just another thing with Reggie, first of all, this is I think this is the second time me and Joel have had a podcast and we're just, like, we're questioning what the hell is going on with Reggie Jackson. But it is. You know, while, while we're sitting here talking about something stupid Reggie did, um, there was a point where I was losing it like with 30 seconds left in the game, when Galloway hit the two free throws to tie the game, Jose Calderon was in the game for oh, yeah. Reggie. Yeah. And for a late game situation, he was literally, it, like he was subbed out for Jose Calderon. Like it was a choice to have Jose Calderon on the floor instead of Reggie Jackson with 30 seconds left and go down on a game-winning possession. Yeah, I... That was strategic. <laughs> It, it was something. Uh, I really, I think what it really comes down to is, I think Dwayne Casey just doesn't think Reggie Jackson is good. I think that's really what it comes down to. And, I mean, look, maybe, maybe Reggie Jackson is actually as bad as Dwayne Casey thinks he is. I certainly don't think so. But, I... No, it's, he's definitely not as bad as Dwayne Casey thinks it's he what is. We, it's what we said last night, right? Okay, Maybe Reggie Jackson is actually just not capable of being a guy who can be sort of a focal point of the offense, running pick and rolls and doing the things he does. Maybe that is actually true. Um, I still think he's capable of being that guy. You're not as sure of him anymore. But, you know, maybe that's true. I can say with an absolute fact, when you use him the way that Dwayne Casey has used him, you're going to get really crappy value. Because you're using him offensively as a spot-up shooter, and he's a bad spot-up shooter, and he's not a good defender. At his best, he's like an okay, passable defensive player. And so it's like they're using him as a 3 and D guy who doesn't hit very many threes and isn't a good defender. Like, that's basically what they're using him as. And it's been a huge detriment to the team. So, I don't know. That's why I kind of like... Either Dwayne Casey has to change how he's using him, or they may really just need a new point guard. 
And I'll tell you this much. I'll tell you this much. He's definitely not as bad as Dwayne Casey thinks he is. If it's to the point he thinks he's he's worse than Jose Calderon at closing game situations. If that's where we're at right now with Casey's thoughts on on Reggie, then it, for damn sure isn't that bad. I okay. tell you that much. Here's a here's another thing because we mentioned this last night, right? So once again, Reggie Jackson takes eleven three pointers in this game. Almost all of them were when he was doing a two man game with Reggie with not Reggie with Blake Griffin, where he's the entry pass guy to Blake. And the it's just those two on that side of the floor. Why the heck are you doing that with Reggie Jackson instead of Luke Kennard and Langston Galloway? What are you doing? Why are you saying, here's this mediocre shooter. We also have this awesome shooter. Let's have the mediocre shooter be the guy who does this two-man game with him. Like, what is the thought process there? I'm completely dumbfounded by this. Like, And, and it's one of those times that, like... <laughs> It really just makes zero sense because the literally the only like I'm willing to say that I'm sure there's somewhere somehow there's numbers for everything nowadays. So I'm sure there's numbers somewhere that can support this or anything. But when Blake kicks the ball out of the post when they double him, I, I'm almost uh, I'm willing to say that almost 90 percent of the time it goes right back to the person who, who gave it to him in the post or it goes to Bruce Brown cutting to the rim. I, I, I'm sorry, I, I don't think that there's been very many times at all that he's cross-courted it to someone over there. I think that may be because of the way the defense is playing it. But either way, what are we at, 26 games into the season? Yep. If you're the head coach of the damn team, you have to understand that if he's giving it back to the guy who's entered the ball to him almost every single time, and that, that means Reggie Jackson's taking 11 three-pointers in a single game, you might just want your best three-point shooter to be the one taking those. Like, this is something that me and Joe have noticed. You are Dwayne Casey, head coach of the year last year, NBA head coach. You should be able to figure out something like this pretty fit, pretty fast, faster than us. And if not faster than us, at least when it becomes so obvious, you have the knowledge just to say, okay, we have to do it. So, uh, hey. Uh, yeah, I mean. I'm not lost of words. It's a point I've brought up before, right? So, so like, it's funny because there's a lot of times that people tell me, you know, Joe, you do such a good job of, you know, explaining things and bringing it down to a simple level. And it's like, you know why that is? Because I only understand most of this tactical stuff at a very simple level. Like, I throw in some buzzwords about stuff occasionally to make myself sound smarter than I am. But, like, if I was an NBA head coach, I would actually be a lot closer to Dwayne Casey than anything else. Like, I have no... I'm not pretending that I'm some brilliant tactician or anything like that here, okay? And once again, that's the reason why it's so frustrating when it's like, if I see something and it's like, this is blatantly what is the right decision, and they don't do it, it's like, how can you not see it? You're a professional NBA head coach. I mean, yeah, it just... I don't know why they continue to have Reggie Jackson be the guy who is doing that with them. And it's... Yeah, it's it's dumbfounding, especially when Luke Kennard's on the floor. <laughs> like, there's no reason to not have Luke Kennard be that guy. And, yeah, it's just, it is, it's dumbfounding. That's really what it is. Um, Bruce Brown had a decent game. He went 4-5 from the field. He still uh, is a severe, severe detriment to the offense because no one guards him even a little bit. But... At the very least in this game. Now he, he, in particular, that was a problem at the end of the game. But he, at the very least, he does continue to show 
a good ability for sort of being able to at least take advantage of the fact that nobody guards him even a little bit, which is nice. And he had a few. His pick and roll. Yeah, he did. Sco- he scored a bucket out of the pick and roll. He hit a floater in this game, which was nice to see. Yeah. Um. So you know, I mean, I still. I'm gonna be honest. I still don't really think he's ready for the kind of minutes that they've been playing him. Uh, but I mean, for he only went minus five in this game. You know, actually, that's as bad as anyone else on the team was. So that's actually continuing his streak of like four straight games of being the worst or tied for the worst plus minus on the team. But I mean, you know, you watch the game; he was not bad. I mean, he's a severe detriment to the offense, even when he hits a few shots. Um, he's not as good on defense as people think, but he did some nice things in this game. He really, he I guess the best way to put it, he really did help to fuel the third quarter where the Pistons really took control of the game for a while. And he had a lot to do with that, and that's cool, and that's good. So uh, I think he continues to, he continues to show... Now, how old is he, 22 right now, 23? I think he's 22. Uh, Yeah, so, I mean, he's not like a 19-year-old where he just, oh, you have three years to wait till he even gets to a four-year senior or whatever. But even at 22, he continues to show potential. I, and he, I think he continues to prove that the Pistons have found a gem in the second in the second round. He had that pick and roll where he showed that he has some I've, – I've continued to say that he has a pretty good feel – and obviously, others have seen this as well because they talk about he possibly has a future at point guard. But he has a good feel for the game. He's real. He has potential, I believe, as a slashing defender. So, I, I, like Joe, I don't believe he should be playing 31 minutes for a team, even though I, I think that's at some. Well, actually, who knows? Because it's Dwayne Casey, so maybe he's just playing. He might play 31 minutes when people are healthy. So, why now? Why I want to say he might be playing 31 minutes because of the injuries. He might just play this much with, with Falcon. But either way, I don't think he should be playing 31 minutes. I think he has proven he can hold his own in limited rotational minutes. But I, I, I'm I'm more with Joe about it. I don't think he should be playing heavy minutes. And even though I do believe he's held his own out there and yeah. doesn't hasn't really, like, just went out there and, like, been the cause or, like, hurt the team just outright. So I, I think he's... As you guys have heard, I'm a pretty big fan of Bruce Brown, so I just think that he's continuing to show his potential for the team. But yeah, I'm with Joe. He's going to be really playing 31 minutes. And well, here's the other thing about him is that his style of play is particularly conductive to short bursts because you know his best attribute essentially is that he's a freak athlete who plays really, really, really hard. All right, he's essentially just a ball of energy and aggression and in a short burst that's more effective than it is in a really long burst you know to have him go out and just for six minutes you know of a in a row in the second quarter just go out and hound somebody on defense and go for offensive rebounds and other stuff um you know those sorts of guys though the more minutes you ask of them oftentimes you get depreciating value and that said, though, he does continue to show pretty good potential. Um, I think a gem, might, it might be a little early to call him uh, a gem out of the second round, but certainly looks pretty good right now, that's for sure. 
Uh, we, once again, when you remember, he was, he was the 42nd pick in the draft, right? So uh, when you consider that, I mean, <laughs> looks pretty good right now. So, yeah, um, I think I think the last thing that we'll finish on is this is going to be a little bit of a, a tooting of our own horn for both of us. Because if you remember back, okay, for me, into the Wayback Machine, in the preseason, Langston Galloway was playing more minutes than Luke Kennard. And we came out on this podcast, both of us, and we were like, I think that Langston Galloway is going to play more minutes than Luke Kennard this year. We think that he's passed him in the rotation. A lot of people poo-pooed that. Vince Ellis was on Twitter calling me a teeth gnasher. Sham was coming at both of us telling us, guys, you're overreacting, it's just preseason. Here we are in a one-point game, important game. Luke Kennard's all the way healthy. Luke Kennard played 25 minutes. Langston Galloway played 28. Langston Galloway was on the floor at the end of the game while Luke Kennard was on the bench. So just to toot both of our own horns in a little bit there, y'all people who was telling us that we were just overreacting, no. Wait, who was who was the other wing player? Who was the other wing player on the court instead of Luke Kennard at that point? Was it Bruce? Bruce and Langston Galloway were for a lot of. Okay, yeah. so I know you guys can see my face right now. That's why it's like it's. I just don't get it, man. I don't get it at all. It's an offensive possession. You need you need to score. You're down by what two, and you have Bruce Brown. Okay, we can talk about Langston. <laughs> he just pointed out Langston. But also Bruce Brown, instead of him on the offense, you need a... Oh my. Yeah, it's not good, man. And, you know, no, I'm not going to be too hard about Stanley Johnson only playing 18 minutes just because his first game back from injury, and he was even at, he was a game-time decision in this game. So he they may not be wanting him to play too many minutes yet. But I hope... That going forward, if Stanley Johnson is playing, Stanley Johnson should be playing more minutes than Bruce Brown too, because like Stanley Jesus, Johnson, please. Stanley Johnson is Bruce Brown except much better at literally everything. The only thing that Bruce Brown kind of has is Bruce Brown is a little bit more just sort of how he's built and such. He's a little more capable of handling guards, but. The only thing I'm giving him is athleticism. He's just more athletic. Yeah, well, he's just he's not quite as big as Stanley, so it's not as difficult for him to follow around Kemba Walker, for instance. But even so, we know that Stanley can guard Kemba Walker. Like, he can guard point guards for sure. Like, we've seen that plenty. He's plenty good at it. So it's just, now once again, I'm going to lay off that one just a little bit just because yeah. it's not like first game back, we'll, we'll give that a little bit of time. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, here's the thing that I'm worried about, okay? We look at the way that some of these things played out and some of the rotational stuff has been. I'm worried. So Reggie Bullock is slated to come back this weekend. Yeah, Saturday. What happens? What do we do when Saturday comes around? Reggie Bullock is back. Reggie Bullock is in the starting lineup. And we look across at the other wing... And it's Bruce Brown still. <laughs> and Dwayne Casey has simply decided Bruce Brown is this team's starting shooting guard. Because I tell you what. Oh, please, please don't do I think that's going to happen. <laughs> and when it does, 
I'm going to want to drown myself. I will want to slowly start walking west until I hit Lake Michigan. And then when I hit Lake Michigan, I'm going to pick up some bricks. And I'm going to continue to walk. I'm going to walk until I drown. <laughs> because just, I, I don't know, man. It's just, I like Bruce Brown. You love Bruce Brown. We both like Bruce Brown. He's shown great potential. He shouldn't be starting at shooting guard. He shouldn't be playing major minutes over Langsing over Langsing Galloway, Luke Kennard, Stanley Johnson, potentially Reggie Bullock. It's just it's a little bit dumbfounding, that's all. And I don't know. Do you have any last thoughts you want to say, Koo? Joel, if he starts Saturday, I swear to God. <laughs> if, he, if he starts opposite of Reggie Bullock Saturday, I swear to God. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, you better I'm going to blame Joe for happens for speaking into existence just now. That's what I'm going to do because I, I wasn't even thinking about it. I didn't think that was something that was actually, that would actually happen. So. Well, me and Laz, me and Laz were actually having a conversation on Twitter. This was a few weeks ago now, but, and we, we, I said exactly that. It's because we were talking about when Luke gets back and it's like, you realize that Bruce Brown is going to be over Luke Kennard in the rotation, right? And everyone was like, no, Joe, no, just like what you just said. And guess what? Bruce Brown looks like he's over Luke Kennard in the rotation. No, there's no way, man. I hope not. I hope not. I there's really no hope not. There's no way something like that could be for real. Uh, you clearly have not spent enough time educating yourself on Dwayne Casey. Because if it, you it had, you would know. You would know. That there is absolutely a universe in which that is true. And that universe is a universe where Dwayne Casey is your head coach. So he goes, must have defense. <sighs> yeah. I'm going to pray. Okay. All right. Any last thoughts, Koo? Nope. All right. I think we'll wrap it up with that. Um, <laughs> not a Not a happy podcast. But as is, as is life. Uh, maybe, you know, I mean, we bashed Reggie shooting all last podcast and he came out tonight and shot really well. So maybe we bashed Dwayne Casey and Bruce Brown a whole bunch and everything. Maybe they'll come out and they'll play really well next game. No, Joe, nothing, maybe nothing has out. changed. Nothing has changed <laughs> with the whole Reggie Jackson talk. He shot, he went 4 of 11 from 3. Yeah, that that's not good enough for me to believe that we should, that he should, be, he should still be doing what he's doing. Yeah, no, it's it's not. It isn't at all. And, you know, I guess my last thing, just because we touched on it last, last podcast, right, is we talked about how, you know, with Blake Griffin out, they immediately went back into Stan Van Gundy stuff from early last year. With Andre doing the point center thing, um, Reggie Jackson was a little bit more involved in the game and such, right? And there was all this movement, there was ball movement, there was cutting, all this good stuff. And we said it's like, they're not going to do it, but there's no reason for them not to do this with Blake Griffin in the game. And then Blake Griffin comes back tonight, and it's totally gone. Andre Drummond doesn't do hardly any of the point center stuff. Andre Drummond's posting up a whole bunch. There's no movement. It's just, I don't know. It's another one of those things. I just I don't know why they don't do more of that kind of stuff when Blake Griffin's in the game. And I get that obviously Blake Griffin demands the ball and dominates the ball so much that it's it's different. But 
they should be able to do at least some of that. And they don't. Um, I guess the last thing is that even though he only played six minutes, John Luer once again looked pretty spry, which is nice to why see. Why did he only play six minutes? I don't know. They And why do, why does Zaza, you know, podcast is getting long. I, I, yeah, I won't I, the, I think I, I, I stand by it. Luer should get all of Zaza Pachulia's minutes. I've said yep. that. I continue to say that. Um, especially since when he's played recently, Luer has really given them some good minutes. So, yeah, I think that's what we'll finish. <laughs> that's our. That's what we're finishing up on. John Luer should get Zaza Pachulia's minutes because Zaza Pachulia is dirty and tries to hurt people, and I don't like that. So, yeah. Um, stay beautiful, everybody, and go Pistons, and hopefully next time we meet, we will not be quite so sad. All right, see you all later.